Hi, how y'all doing? It's Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Doing good, man. Little under the weather, but made it through work today and uh, and uh, got the article out. Man, I'm I'm hoping it's good because you know, writing an article kind of nyquiled out. You're so worried about like little like I'm worried my editor is going to be like, "What happened, dude? What is what what is going on with this?" So I tried to read it over a couple extra times to make sure. Hopefully, it's not terrible. And then, uh, of course, now we got the pod. But I'm but I feel like I'm I'm up ticking. You know, knock on wood, I'm feeling better. Maybe it's just being in the presence of you. But I, I feel like I'm doing good. You know, Mike, you mentioned that writing the article. Is it harder to? right when like you're trying to find something bad to say about a performance like last night or is it harder to write when you're trying to find something good uh about a bad performance it's harder to write because my articles are keys to victory and three stars that's particular basically what i do every week so when you do because you have to do the three stars article even when even the tampa bay game week one where it's like there was nobody like like nobody did anything good. Like Micah Parsons had two sacks. That's about it. So that those games are hard trying to call out stars in a game you lost or, you know, that the green Bay game where you're like trying to pick stars out and you're like, Oh God, you lost. I had to put stars, you know? So that those are tougher. Those are the toughest. And then like keys to victory is not easy either because like, Okay, keys to victory in the Houston game. Well, like, show up and try. Like, what are the keys to victory against Indianapolis? Like, you know, I put, like, um, uh, stop Jonathan Taylor, basically, uh, pressure Matt Ryan, you know. But, like, against Houston Texans, Jacksonville, like, you're just more talented. You should just beat them. Just play your game and you win. So you kind of have to come up with, look up certain stuff and come up with things like I know Damian Pierce is a beast. So I'll mention him. Um, and then um, more of like, don't make mistakes ourselves, basically. Right. Don't, uh, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Like not, not, not don't get into penalties and things like that. Yep, exactly. That was one of the ones this week was penalties. Another one you mentioned uh, on our Friday episode, Mike was, was the uh, the turnovers and we saw what happened there in the fourth quarter. That was that was insane, dude. Dude, that was record breaking. It was yeah. a record. They they broke two records with their with just their fourth quarter performance. They broke two records. So that's man, it's crazy. At one point, I was sitting there. I'm like starting to feel bad for the Colts, dude. The way we were embarrassing them. Yeah, it's funny because in the fourth quarter it was a two point game. Like in in the fourth quarter, we were up by two at one point, and then it just <laughs> crazy, ended up. Dude. Yeah, it ended up being a wipeout. What was it? I had thirty-one unanswered points. Thirty-three. They went thirty-three-zero in the fourth quarter. My goodness, man! That's a record. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, they also had. Uh, first team to go five straight games, 150 rushing, 150 passing, score 25 points in five straight games. First team to ever do that. It's kind of crazy when you look at Dak's stats. They weren't that impressive. It's almost, I wouldn't say he had a bad game, but 
from what we're used to, what he, the streak that he's been on, that kind of was a bad game. Yeah, he's had he had good quarterback rating. Like he played well overall. They just didn't need him to get a lot of yards. Pollard and yeah. Zeke and even Lamb running were 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 doing the job really. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, Mike, I know you said you're feeling a bit under the weather, and I know when when we're feeling under the weather, sometimes our goals can kind of go by the wayside. But I'm curious, did uh, Meatless Monday? Did you stick to the script, or did you uh, did your illness prevent you from doing that? No, no, I did, and I will be sticking to that script all from from here on and through 2023. I, I today is day what five of good days. It takes, I believe, you told me 21 days to build a habit. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. Yeah, I got to bring it back, man. I, you know, I, I a bunch of stuff in my life, and I got back to working, and too much time has gone by to make the excuses I've made. I got to get this twenty pounds off. It's it's killing my mentals, and so today I did um, early in the morning. I just had some cereal. That was the sick one. But again, still meatless and nothing wrong. I use almond milk. You know, nothing too crazy. Um, and then for lunch, I baked a sweet potato. I put it with a pesto and then I spiralized the sweet potato and I took some of those and fried them to put on top a little texture. It was really, really good. And then I'm going to do some veggie dumplings, um, just store-bought ones with a store-bought sauce. Again, that is a product of being sick. I don't want to be in the, in there prepping food and doing that. I don't, I don't feel up to it, but, yeah. uh, but I have stuff, you know, set up to where in situations like that, I'll be good. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for the veggie dumplings. They're, they're, um, every time I've gotten dumplings from there, from the, the store, I've really liked them. So I'm hoping they're good. The sweet potato and pesto combination, is that something you got out of uh, one of your chef's cookbooks? Or is that like an, a happy accident you tried one day? Michael Simon. So uh, Michael Simon's uh, Fix It With Food the 10-day reset I go on, one of them is a sweet potato with pesto. It's a kale pesto. And um, and I make the kale pesto all it's, – it's like better than regular basil. It's so good. So I have it constantly, almost always in my fridge. And, um, and I, I had sweet potatoes I need to use, so I popped one in the oven. And then I came up with the idea that I'm going to spiralize some of these sweet potatoes that I need to use them. And I was going to use it for other things, like a, a dish, like more of a noodle dish, like I do with zoodles. And I was like, you know what? There's no texture really in a sweet potato and the pesto. Why don't I take some of these and just fry them, put them right on top? And it, it ended up being a really good addition. That is a unique combination. I wouldn't. It doesn't sound good, but I, I, I imagine if you're eating, if you've eaten it a few times, that is pretty good. It's it's good. It's that pesto. I love sweet potatoes, so I could have sweet potatoes a million different ways. But it's really that that pesto is fantastic. Shots out to Chef Michael Simon. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. You know, Mike, I'm, I like sweet potatoes, but you know, they're um, I like them more when like you know they're candied with marshmallows and things like that. Sometimes it's you take something basic and you add something to it, and it brings out the best of it. You're looking at this Cowboys. What is it about them that brings out the best in team, Mike? Wow, what a transition. That's why he gets <laughs> big bucks. That's why he's the host. That was excellent. Um, I, I think it's just because they know that all the eyes are going to be on them. Like, yeah, any, any game you play against Dallas, you don't want to get embarrassed because the next day, guess what the first topic is going to be? Oh, Winner yeah. Dallas, first take. 
the other show on FS1 that we don't talk about it because they're trash people. One of them is a trash person. Um, that you know, their first thing, uh, uh, what's the other ESPN one with, with Greeny, who I actually like Greeny. Um, I don't remember the name of their show, but all those shows all start with Dallas. So if you get creamed there, you have to be shown on TV doing that. You know, they know mm-hmm. it's one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated game every week. Yeah. So, you know, teams play up to that. They, they know that, Hey, this is the game you want to, you know, Say you're a uh, you're uh, going to be a free agent the next year. Put on tape, good film against Dallas because a lot of people are going to see it. And so, yeah, I, I think it's just the fact that so many eyes are going to be on the game. It helps you prepare to play up for it. Yeah, and you know, kind of adding to that, Mike Iron sharpens iron. Dallas usually has a lot of talent. They're not always the best team, but they're usually pretty good, always fighting for a playoff spot, always competitive. So that seems to, you know, help help with the uh, competitive advantage, if you will. Yeah, they've over the uh, over the last like, what has it been about 20 years almost? They've they've had mostly Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. When you got two franchise quarterbacks, even mm-hmm. if they you know they didn't win anything, they're not they're still two really good quarterbacks that can beat you any week. You know, it's yeah, you're gonna come to play. You gotta show up. Uh, man, you know, think uh, speaking of Tony Romo, I, I don't know if I misunderstood or didn't hear correctly, but it sounded like um, one of the broadcasters said that Prescott passed, was it Randy White and Tony Romo and, and TDs last night? No, uh, it was um, uh, 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 Staubach. He, uh, Staubach. They, he passed Staubach. Yeah, Romo's still about 100 ahead. So, okay, Dak like, yeah, will break that if he's healthy. But he passed. He's he's like ten behind Aikman, I think, for second place. And then he's like another ninety to hundred behind Romo. But eventually he'll break them all. He's he's too good. They're gonna keep him around for a long time if he stays healthy. He'll he'll have all the Cowboys records. Dude, who would have thought that he'd be breaking Roger Staubach's records, man? Yeah, I know. Fourth round, fourth round rookie. You know, gets gets a chance because none of the quarterbacks ahead of him can stay healthy including the guy they moved to safety. People forget Jameel Showers was ahead of him in the depth chart, and they moved him to safety uh, that year, and then Kellen Moore got hurt, and then boom, there's Dak Prescott. Tony Romo, undrafted free agent, Dak Prescott, fourth rounder, back-to-back franchise quarterbacks. Man, how lucky can you get? I know, and if you take those away, we're probably the Jets, you know, prior to this year, or – or the Lions prior to this year. So we, we got luckily lucky in the quarterback department as a front office. Yes, sir. We got to uh, thankfully we'll, we'll be talking about this guy later on, but thankfully we have this guy on our side. Yep. So, uh, you know, one thing about Dak's game, Mike, here lately is is the interceptions. And do, do you feel like those are kind of becoming a an <clears throat> issue with this team or are they currently the biggest issue with this team? Um, I, It's – it's funny the way I, this is a question for me. And I, after I went the next day, again, I was sick on NyQuil. I feel like I, I, it, it seems harsh to say. Now, we got to see the cornerback depth. Obviously, we got to see how the cornerback depth is for the team. Yeah. Um, but you could say it is. But the thing is, is I don't want to be too harsh on it. I don't, I don't think it's like a killer thing. But I think right now the team's playing so well. That when you go down, it's like, 
man, they held uh, Jonathan Taylor to under four yards of carry or the run game. And that includes one 19 yard run. That was kind of like they had him and he broke out somehow. If you took that away, you know, it would have been even better. Um, the, the, the pass game has been fine. You know, they, they got beat a couple of big plays. Maybe that could be the highest, but the run game is great. The O line has let up one sack in five games. I think now the wide receiver, CD lamb stepping up to be a wide receiver. Like every question we had going into the season is starting to be answered. And so the thing is, is like, Hey man, maybe not so many interceptions, Dak, like don't, don't, don't hurt our defense. Like our defense is really killing. Don't get, so I guess even if the, the answer could be yes to that, but it's not like significant, which tells you how well Dallas is playing. Yeah. And they're, they seem to always be in the first half, not the second. They're never like back breaking game ending game losing interceptions. So when, when I saw this question, I was surprised by it, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's more frustrating than it is an issue. I still feel like, the biggest issue with this team is the the slow starts and the uh, just the the dumb penalties, man. That, again, they, they're always early in the game. We fought, we've been doing a lot better about making the adjustments, but I have to say that still the the slow starts. Yeah, slow starts good. Penalties another good one. I would probably put both of those ahead. I would worry about the cornerback depth too. Those those are the three mm. that I would be like. Yeah, I think those three right now would be the ones I'd, I'd be more of a higher concern than than Dak's interceptions. I agree. Yeah, yes, sir. So, Mike, uh, I was watching the game with my mom last night, and uh, we were having issues with her internet. She's got, like, the Spectrum TV app, and that's how she watches TV. So I I heard about the Diggs uh, – excuse me, the Ashton Dolan TD on, you know, quote-unquote on Diggs, and I've seen, like, the pictures of – you know, Diggs covering Doolin and then something happened and Diggs is out of the shot and there's Doolin wide open. Can you kind of talk to me about what, what happened to Diggs on that, on that TD? I guess it was a pump fake by Matt Ryan. What exactly happened there? Yeah, here's what happened. Trayvon Diggs takes the best wide receiver in the game every week and nobody fucking throws at him. So he yeah. got bored. They trotted out some guy Doolin on him and uh, Matt Ryan pumped a slant and Diggs thought, hey, I got a chance to get a pick and tried to jump it. And they threw it behind him for a touchdown. It's totally Diggs' fault. You know, they'll they'll get him in the film room and go, come on, man, you can't. And he's going to go, I got bored out there. Like, he didn't even get <laughs> like, but once the rest of the game. Like, yeah, you get bored. Like, he he doesn't get, like, thrown at anymore. I, I, I truly believe he's the best cornerback in the game right now. Like, when you, when it's a, like, a legit number one wide receiver, he's following around or covering – he just locks him up completely. The dueling guys, and I didn't even know who that was. I, we, we didn't even talk about him, the, the thing before. They trotted him out there, and he, he just went on a pump fake. He was like, hey, I haven't had an interception in a while. I'm going to go for one. And, yeah. and he got beat. It's his fault. Totally. PFF can talk about him being the worst corner ever, like the worst in history. What an idiot. Philadelphia Eagles fans go, oh, this guy's a loser. He just got bored. He did. He does. He doesn't even challenge him. He's he's like he's like you can't be a Dion anymore because the, just the way the offenses is the way and the way uh, things are called. There's never going to be another Dion Sanders. But he's the closest thing. Like people don't even try him anymore because they're afraid he's going to take the ball away. Uh, and so yeah, they they got him. Good yeah, job. and I feel like you know people just while PFF can show you a lot. 
it's not it's not the all, end all be all either, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he scares people so much that teams that are down by 30 points don't throw to their best receiver. When it, you know, they showed me a thing that I saw on Twitter that I was marked on about how Justin Jefferson was cooking Trayvon Diggs the whole game. And I go, that tells you how, Trayvon, <laughs> how good Trayvon Diggs is because yeah. they don't even look over to him. So it don't matter how bad he's getting cooked. He can be get cooked all game. The quarterback don't want to throw at him because he's a monster. So, yeah, just you know what? Justin Jefferson beat him every play the whole game, and, and he was open on every play. And he ended up with three catches for 33 yards in a game where Minnesota had to pass the whole game because they were getting blown out. So good for them. Good for him for getting for cooking uh, digs all game. Good for him. Yeah, three receptions for 33 yards. Man, that, that's historic numbers right there, Mike. All in the first half. In the second half, when Minnesota was only throwing, the game was a blowout, a wipeout. They, didn't, they still didn't challenge Trayvon Diggs. They were still like, no, nah, we're good, dude. We're, we're, we're good. Man, what if the Cowboys scored like close to 130 points the last three games combined? Yeah, would they have uh, 40, 40, 54, and would they get 34? Uh, against against the uh, Giants, I thought it was like 28, I thought. Or 20, was it oh, 28 or 25? I think it was 28. Yeah, that might have been it. Uh, NyQuil, dude. Yeah, you mean no, no, no. Can't remember. No, no worries. No more math for the rest of the show, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so, you know, that this was a, a good question by you here, Mike. It's what was more impressive, the fourth quarter, you know, kind of the explosion by the defense and the offense, or was it the fourth quarter more worrisome considering it was only a two-point game? Okay, so I threw this question out kind of slickly because I wanted to make a point to people. And it's a point we talked about on the podcast coming up to the game. Um, the, a lot of a lot of analysts are caught playing with your food, you know, yes. where a team that you should beat by a couple scores, uh, you know, stays in the game close. Here's the thing about that. They they played vanilla, which we talked about them doing. They were going to play vanilla. They 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 moved CD uh, around more than he's ever been moved, which was awesome. Yes. But, you know, because they didn't want uh, Gilmore to be able to just lock up on him and know where he was all the time. But they they played vanilla, especially defensively. Uh, and then they kind of figured out what the Colts were doing in the fourth quarter and, and then ate him alive. And then uh, once it got to the point where the, the Colts had to play the Dallas game, anybody that has to get into that, that we got a pass to to beat Dallas, then it's over. And you're going to get slaughtered because the Dallas pass rush is after you. And even on plays where they're not near you, you're worried about it. You're always going to be worried about Micah Parsons if he's on the field, regardless of what he's done that game. So, you know, it, it just so happened to be a game where they, they – and, and expect it the next two. Expect the Texans to stay close for a half. Expect the Jaguars to stay close for a half to three quarters. And then the team to kind of wake up and and do what they got to do, and and so yeah, I'm much more impressed by the by the record breaking fourth quarter than by a team staying close because the other team was playing vanilla. Yeah, you know it's crazy, Mike. It's just seeing how aggressive our defense is, even up by you know a touchdown by ten points by fifteen points. Seeing still going after the ball, still wanting to create turnovers, still wanting to to strip you know 
get a get a fumble, cause a fumble, and then seeing our coaching staff, you know, kind of we'll we'll discuss this a little bit more in depth later. But staying aggressive and still want to put points on the board, it's uh, it's it's a nice mentality to have because it's something we haven't had in a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive, especially considering you dumb stuff down for 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 when people get injured, and it seems like. You know the 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 offense got hit early with injury, and the mm-hmm. defense had to carry, and the uh, and the offense really got dumbed down. And I feel like while it's not as dominant a defense as it was with Cooper Rush because they weren't they were healthy, so they were able to do more stuff and dominate more and have more rotation of great players. You yeah. know, I feel like they still are pretty damn dominant for a team that has as many young players as Dan Quinn has playing for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at this point in the season, there's no, there's nobody that's hundred percent healthy, right? No players, no teams. And I, I kind of, I don't know. I like the, the ability. I like that we have the ability to kind of save our best for, for when it really matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There it's, it's a thing that, that they do well. So it, it you know, yeah, it's impressive. They, they know how to step it up when necessary. And the only game they really couldn't was uh, was Green Bay. Green Bay yeah. was like the outlier game. And it was mainly the offense scored nothing in the fourth. Like, I know the defense gave up a 14-point lead, but normally the offense has been able to, after a score, after a, a big drive by the other team, the offense has been able to go, okay, Let's take it back, do a seven-play, 70-yard drive, put points on the board. They just couldn't do that in Green Bay, and the defense eventually wore down, and and they lost uh, the game. Minus that game, they've, they've been like that. Even with Cooper Rush, the team has stepped mm-hmm. up when it was necessary. Yeah, we saw, we kind of saw this trend start with the Lions. We saw with the Bears. Of course, you mentioned the, the – uh, excuse me, the, the Packers game, but we, we've seen it for – this little streak that we've been going there since Jackson back. The Bengals. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where that where the where I believe the Bengals came back and tied it. And then Cooper Rush had to go win it and was able to. They they've had that knack. You're absolutely right. Minus one aberration game of Green Bay. They've had that knack that that when they've needed to, they've they've done what they gotta do. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you think about it. This team has won in a, so many in a variety of ways this season, and the one blemish. It's like it sucks that it goes against Dak, but hopefully that's that'll be something he can learn from. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, the boogeyman, got him. Seriously, dude. I think I really do think that's Dak's like biggest rival, Rodgers and the Packers. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's the that's Dak's got him uh, once or twice. I think maybe you know, but. Yeah, that's that's the guy. That's the guy that they that they need to get by. Yes, sir. So you know, it wasn't really all bad for Indy, especially I was impressed by the way they were able to get some uh, pressure on Dak, and you know how they were able to beat our offensive line. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about what Indy's defensive line was doing that was causing our our O line so many problems? I I didn't really see it much. I know Steele had some issues, but I went back. I looked through uh, Biotish at maybe his best game as a pro. He was had a great game. I love seeing the rotation. Uh, Tyler Smith going back into left guard. Um, they ran the ball for 200 yards. Uh, yeah. They only gave up one sack. Now, that one sack was the first one in like four games. 
the offensive lines really they've they've uh, they've allowed pressure, but they Dak hasn't been sacked by them. Um, so I I don't know. I think it was more they were doing some really weird stuff in coverage. I saw one time where they had like two linebackers out on Lamb, like in in the slot, which was weird. And they would like, mm. yeah, they had some weird like they would do unique stuff on third down to try mm-hmm. to confuse Dak. And I think right. I think that maybe caused – maybe it made it seem like the O-line was having trouble because Dak had to take an extra second to process and, and go through. And he was checking down to running backs a lot, which was part of the game plan because they play the shell, four-man rush, occasionally a fifth rusher, shell behind it. So he was tossing to the running backs, letting the running back make a play. Uh, but – I think it was more coverage than the D line. I think when they had when they had trouble, it was because Dak got fooled by a couple of weird different um, setups uh, from the Colts defense. Yeah, prior to the adjustment with Peters and uh, and Tyler Smith, it kind of seemed like Indy was getting a lot of pressure on Dak. We our run game was was not having a lot of success on the left side. And then it even looked like after they made the adjustment, they kind of started getting some pressure on the right side, which is something we haven't seen a lot this year either. But uh, I did notice it. I mean of course it wasn't that effective, but it was kind of surprising to see. Martin did get beat once. Martin got beat right up the middle, got pushed right back into Dak's pocket, um, which you I mean talk about rare to see. Like yeah. he had a holding penalty this season. And he got beat uh, like twice this season. So it's, man, he's falling off, guys. We better get a new right guard. He's, you know, he's only got four or five elite all-pro years left. Maybe we'll trade him for a fifth-round pick this year, Mike. Oh, God, that hurts. Come on, man. We won 54 <laughs> to 19, man. You got to bring up uh, – that that hurts, man. It's, it's Somebody you mentioned on Friday, Mike, was Alec Pierce. And we talked about, you know, uh, I thought maybe Paris Campbell might be an issue for Anthony Brown, but it was Alec Pierce who, who had the big play on Brown yet again. You know, we know he's been giving up a lot of those this year. Do you feel like Anthony Brown has played his way out of Dallas or could we possibly get him at a discount next year? With an Achilles injury, the question I'd have to know is when will he be ready? So I yeah. think I think I think what's going to happen is one of Lewis or Brown will be back next year. Mm-hmm. Lewis is under contract, but it's a cuttable contract. It's not going to cost you anything to get rid of him. Anthony Brown's a free agent that nobody's going to want to hire off of this year and a Achilles injury. So right, I think right. they'll, they'll look at both coming off their injuries this offseason, see how both of them look, which one will take a you know a one year deal. Uh, for cheaper, but if you look at the the DBs, like Kelvin Joseph's got two more years. Uh, they're not going to get rid of him. They've shown enough, and he's enough of a special teams player that you don't just cut him. Uh, right. Obviously, is a beast. Uh, Deron Bland looks like a monster. Makwamu mm. uh, is versatile enough to be a safety or a corner. Although they use him in certain situations at safety. Um, I think in a in a pinch he could move to corner if necessary. So they and and they just brought in um, another guy who was who was highly touted uh, to the practice squad, who had some issues. You know, I think it was injury wise. Like I'm blanking on the name, but they from they, USC, right? Yeah, I think I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, uh, I remember. 
he, he hasn't but, played or anything, but I know he's been on a practice call all year, right? Yes. And then okay, I and then I, I honestly assume that two picks in the first four rounds are probably gonna be corners next year. So it wouldn't shock me if if both of them were gone, but I would assume one comes back on a cheap vet deal that they could cut if things aren't, you know, what they hope. They could just let it go. You know, Dane Brugler, he uh was already starting to do some mock drafts, and he had the Cowboys taking uh, a cornerback. I forget his name and what college she's go he goes to, but uh, taking taking uh, a cornerback at twenty four. I refuse. I refuse. First of all, twenty four. Nope. Yeah, We're picking thirty two is the only the only draft pick I will accept. <laughs> and yes, sir. while I I am just beginning to look at tape, I refuse to do any Cowboys. Mock, BS, none of that. Not until we're eliminated. I won't do it. Don't tag me on it and on Twitter. I will just yell at you and tell you I hate you. Really? So you're not even just just for fun, just to get a, an idea of where guys are going or anything? You're not even looking at mock drafts right now? Nope. I literally told two people I hate you for putting in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They just they tagged me in it and said, what do you think about this guy going here? And I replied, I hate you. That's, that is what I replied. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you know, our, our, you mentioned the cornerback rooms. It's getting pretty thin there. How big of a loss is Anthony Brown? I, I want to say a big loss. He He's a pretty solid cornerback, too. Like, he's been yeah. getting beat a couple times, but he's he's not torched all the time. Like, he gives mm. up a couple of plays, yeah. you know? Um, the, the thing about it, though, is, man, Quinn's been so, like – when Jordan Lewis got down, we didn't even have a slot corner to replace him. I honestly thought Anthony Brown would have to move to slot because who's they brought in a rookie from Fresno State, my hometown. I love the kid. I, I when we drafted him, I was I knew he'd be a player because he was a special teams captain. So I knew he was going to make the team. I had no worries about that. I knew he'd be a special teams baller. But my goodness, has he played great? Mukwamu is playing good in his time. Bell. In, in the time that he's got us played well. Nobody knew who Jerron Curse was. Sorry, he was a special teams guy. He just was. I hate to say it because he's frigging great now. But he became a beast. Malik Hooker, off an injury, didn't know what he was going to be. Played great. Diggs has turned into an all-pro, literally. Anthony Brown, who everybody thought we were going to cut, ended up being a damn good number two, especially last year. So now with Dan Quinn, I I'm going to say – I think it should be a big loss, but will it be? No. I don't know. Dan Quinn's just that good of a DC. I am interested to see Joseph, his second year in the system, second year in the league, with like a full week of starter reps and practice, what he could do against, you know, a team like the Texans, maybe like a confidence builder, you know? I I want him to do good so bad. Like I, I put a lot out for him. He was my 24th highest player in that draft. I loved the draft pick. I thought, him and Trayvon Diggs were just going to annihilate, you know, and uh, and it just hasn't worked out for him. You know, he's a little too grabby. You could tell his mindset isn't right, and I believe that maybe this is the thing. Like, okay, here you go, man. You're starting. You're starting on one of the top defenses in the league. Show us. Show us what we saw in college because we saw it. All of us, all the scouts from from teams they they all knew he was a first second round talent a top 50 player 
he just had off the field issues. But everybody yeah. knew he was at worst a top 50 prospect. So now time to put it together. It's time. Right now is the time. And it's interesting, Mike, because you mentioned the off the field stuff. He's kind of got that mentality that we've been looking for. And you look at our defense, how aggressive we are and how everybody around him has kind of adopted that mentality. And he's the one who's having trouble. Yeah, and, and he will, no matter what, he will improve the run defense because he, he ain't Anthony Brown or Diggs. That's why he plays special teams. He will get in there and tackle. Just, yeah. you, you you know, you get against crews that call a lot of penalties, which this crew was, so kudos to Dallas only having three penalties because that was a, a crew that normally throws a lot of flags. But, you know, if you get a crew that throws a lot of flags, Kelvin Joseph will get penalized. He's a holding. He holds. I was very happy with the officiating last night, not to get us off topic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was it was good. Yeah, you know, we've talked a little bit about Bland tonight, Mike, and maybe this is some recency bias, but is Bland the best playmaker after Micah for our defense? No, I mean, Trayvon Diggs is like Mr. Playmaker, uh, uh, Tank, obviously, and then little underrated, uh, Doris Armstrong. Yeah, that's my playmaker. guy. He, I mean, even this last, uh, he got his hand on a field goal. It yes, just, it still made it like if you had special teams, he's blocked the field goal, he's blocked a punt, strip sack, you know, he, he, he recovers fumbles. Like, mm -hmm. he, he low key is a big time playmaker. So, I would put all of those ahead of, of, uh, bland. I mean, Tank's play, the one on the one yard line where he splits two blocks and then knocks the fumble and we pick it up against the Lions. It was, and you can't, man, it's, and then Diggs might be our best playmaker. Just nobody allows him to make a play anymore. They don't, they don't even try him. So, right. I mean, he just yeah. makes people disappear. He's a magician. Yes, exactly. So yeah, yeah I would say, I wouldn't, I would say bland would be in the rankings after those guys. So for me, it was Dorrance Armstrong only because, of course, you know we've we've seen what Diggs can do, but now that he uh, is just a lockdown corner, people he doesn't have a, the chance to make plays because nobody's throwing it at him. So, yeah, I agree, man. It would it would clearly be Diggs would be number one, even above Micah, if teams would ever throw at him. They just yeah. they know, so they don't throw at him. Did uh, speaking of Micah though, did he get a sack last night? I remember him. I know he was you know in the backfield a lot, but I don't remember seeing him get one. Mm -mm. did not get a sack i didn't think so i didn't think so well, speaking of play two. what's that expect two against houston my goodness man just such a such a beast speaking of playmakers mike it's you know we saw two these both these guys making plays last night cd lamb returning pollard for offense who's our best playmaker of, the, of those two i said the way lamb is stepping up man Dude. i so so badly want to say lamb the guy had seven touches last game. Six of them went for first down. Mm. And, the, and the one that didn't was the uh, one-foot-away jet sweep that he got the first down on a jet sweep the next play. Like, man, I want him – he is stepping into that role. Like, he's he was going into the game, he was top three in big plays at, at wide receiver. He was third. He mm. was ninth in yards. This was going into the game, so I haven't factored in all of that yet. But he was top three in big plays, top 10 in yards. He was, like, top 15 in touchdowns. Like, he's there. Because you got to remember, he had five games with Cooper Rush. Yeah. So, so he's he's right there. The thing is, is 
man, Tony Pollard is like the is like seven yards a carry, dude. Like he gets two, three big play runs a game. Like he's so I I want to say that Lamb is developing into that guy, and maybe mm-hmm. with when you see his his targets go above the touches for Pollard, mm-hmm. you know maybe that makes him closer. But right now, I got to give TP that nod. Yeah, because it's just it's so incredible what Pollard can do on five touches, ten touches, twelve touches. Whereas you know you have to Lamb has to get the targets, and of course you know every wide receiver to be a playmaker you have to get targets. But Pollard is literally a threat. I mean he can he can take one to the house at any given moment. I mean he he could probably have one touch, and I wouldn't be surprised if his one touch was like a seventy yard touchdown reception. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he is the lightning bolt. It's crazy because. Cause like, I really want to say like Lamb's getting like Lamb has made that a a question the last few yes. weeks how he's played, mm-hmm. but it's it's Pollard dude, and he has to do it from a harder spot. Like breaking plays like that as a running back is crazy. He's just he's he's crazy, dude. I don't know if it was the safety of the cornerback, but that hit that Lamb laid on that guy was my god, dude. And then just stood up, and that guy was like, you know, he fell over, rightfully so. But man, the way Lamb just handled that was, that was impressive. He took two third and ten, three yard passes, and made a touchdown out of one, and an eighteen yard uh, first and goal out of the next one on three yard slants. That is the CD Lamb I thought we were getting from Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma coming out. Yak mm-hmm. yards were his thing. And if they're finding a way to finally get him in those positions, yeah, I'm so excited. Well, another man, so another exciting thing last night was the, that back shoulder fade throw from Dak to, to Gallup. I mean, if he can add that to the arsenal, and you know, Gallup can also start coming along too, man. Ooh. Yeah, it's and man, and we're just talking about who we have. There's that, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's another there. guy out there lurking, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when I saw the starting lineup last night, Mike, I was, there was a couple of names that surprised me. But one being Tony Pollard. Were, were you surprised to see that? Uh, I I was, and I I put this question down. Then I found out it was a disciplinary issue. So oh, Steve really? had a phone going off during meetings. Uh, it happened uh, more than once. A, a, apparently, this this what I've heard. Yeah, it happened more than once, and so they they. You know, he's still got more touches than Pollard. But I was like, oh, shoot. They, you know, we didn't know. So, at the, you know, mm-hmm. they, that's one thing. Mike McCarthy's done a good job of buttoning shit up. So right. nobody knew till the next day, Jerry, or till that night when Jerry Jones said that. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of was like, oh, shit. All right. Well, they made the change. Pollard's the starter. And, and Jerry was like, no, no, disciplinary issues. So, yeah, he wasn't really the starter, quote, unquote. It was a, it was just a you know, a disciplinary issue for Zeke. I swear Jerry loves Zeke probably as much as he loves Steven, dude, I swear. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry is fond of Zeke, Dorrance Armstrong, and Stephen Jones, and those are his three, like, top. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't uh, surprised to see Pollard starting, even with this information you gave me, Mike, as I was to see Noah Brown starting. Was was there any disciplinary issues there? What, what you know, what do you think that was about? No, he's the third wide. He's it's Lamb, Gallup, and then Noah Brown. Noah Brown was just injured a, a few weeks, and he he was kind of working his way back. 
in. So when they go three wide, Noah Brown's that guy. I don't know why. I must have missed it, man. But um, I could have swore I'm like, okay, why is Brown starting but not Gallup? Because I, because when you when he sent this question, I'm like, okay, I thought Pollard, Pollard, and Zeke started last night, but it was uh, C.D. Lamb and Noah Brown who were the starting receivers, which I was like, it's found it's that very, It's very possible they wanted the Colts to think they were coming out running, and Noah mm-hmm. Brown going to be the blocking guy, you know. So that's yeah. possible. But. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Gallup had a disciplinary issue too. <coughs> Made up for it with those two touchdowns, though. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm Mike. I see you glancing over at the TV. Can you give us a Monday Night Football score update, oh, sir? Saints, Saints killed them. Saints just have Brady's number, man. Sixteen to three. Oh Lord. Yeah, in Tampa, they just they whooped their ass. They just know how to stop them. They they still scare me though. We don't we don't match up with them like the Saints do. It's gross to think that somebody from the NFC South is going to have a have a home playoff game. Yeah, and likely either face Dallas or the Eagles. Mm, that's crazy, dude. It's nuts. The, the two best teams in the in the NFC probably got to match up with Brady and a not very good team, you know, but because it's Brady, you just never know, man. Scary. I wonder. Uh, I guess this. Let's see. I know this wouldn't be possible. I guess, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Commanders versus Brady rematch. You know, with Heineke and and Brady. What probably is his last season? Yeah, the the they would man. Commanders would either have to go on. Yeah, Commanders would have to go on a run because Brady's. They're going to be the worst division winners, so they're going to face the best wild card team. Yeah. So Commanders would have to take our spot in the top. Uh, you know, and I just don't see that happening. No, sir. No, sir. Speaking of the best, Mike, looking at these, this rookie draft class with the production we've seen from them this year, is this the best rookie draft class Will McClay, excuse me, has had as far as rookies go? I think it has to be because Lamb and Diggs were, were pretty good, but that was basically all they got from their rookies in that class. And Diggs wasn't great. Like he was getting beat a lot because they just had to throw him out there to the wolves, basically. Um, and then uh 2021 Parsons was a monster. I don't know if you got much out of anybody else behind that, but uh Osa was pretty good for a few games uh before he hit a rookie wall. But man, this this lineup of of Smith coming out and having to play left tackle. Uh, uh, the rotational work of uh, 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 Sam Williams and um, uh, Ferguson at tight end, mm-hmm. Sam Williams, a defensive end. And then you had uh, Bland has been thrown in as the starting nickel corner since Jordan Lewis has been out. And now you have Clark getting starting snaps because of the Anthony Barr hamstring injury. I mean, what, what more do you want? Your first round pick started every game and has played his ass off. Your second mm-hmm. round pick is making an impact as a rotational defensive end. Uh, your third round pick did not, you know, is is not, not really, out. every pick's going to hit. Your right. fourth round pick is making big plays as a tight end, getting a plenty of snaps in there. Uh, and then your two fifth round picks are starting on your defense, on a top five defense in the league. So, yeah, I'd say this is about as good as you could ask for. Seriously. I, just, I mean, if – Man, if Tober was just able to give us anything, or was just giving us anything, like if he if he had like twenty receptions right now, I'd be like, Maybe that's that's a good season for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, if if Tober could have 
could have taken Noah Brown, could have been like Noah Brown, we'd yeah. be like, this is one of the greatest draft class ever. Especially when you think about, I mean, having to play left tackle, like you said, and then being a, a key piece on the defensive line, limited stops, you seeing the production we get from Sam Williams. And then you mentioned Bland. We're seeing what Damone Clark is going to be a difference maker, you know, for sure next year. But he's, you know, he's had an impact this year. Ferguson has made Dalton Schultz replaceable. So, uh, I mean, when you knowing that these guys had to come in, we had to get some production from us from this rookie class, not expecting much from this team at all heading into the season. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Mike. This is as far as productive rookies goes, McClay's best best draft class. Hey, I'm gonna update you right now because I, I put dirt on Brady's grave a little earlier than I should have. Uh, there was a pass interference penalty that got him down to the one yard line, they just scored, so now it's going to be 10 to 16. With three minutes left. So if the Saints get stopped and Tampa yeah. Bay use their three timeouts, you're giving Brady a chance to score a touchdown to win the game. And so it's never over when uh when you got Tommy Boy. Who do you know who scored that touchdown, Mike? It was uh I'm looking at it right now. Oh god, was that Brate? 88. Is that Cameron Brate or is he 84? Uh Cameron Brate, Cameron Brate. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not. I don't it's know what number he wears. It's nobody that you have on your fantasy team. I can tell you that. <laughs> Probably not, sir. Oh, Mr. Cade Otten. I do have him. I actually had to pick him up on one of my teams that I, I'm actually about. I think after this, I'm going to be 0-13. But, hey, I'll take those points. Yeah, he just scored you some points. There's a big six. Yes, sir. And, you know, Cade Otten, he was part of this uh, 2022 draft class. When you look at the last three draft classes, 2020, 2021, 2022, which draft class is better in your opinion, Mike? You got to go 2020, dude. You have you have CeeDee Lamb as a number one wide receiver. You got an all-pro cornerback in the second round, which is just mm. probably the best corner in football right now. Yeah, yeah. Second round. And then Biotis is a starting center. He started the last two years for you. Last year, he wasn't very good. This year, he's been good. So mm-hmm. like the the talk of needing to replace center is out now in my yeah. opinion. He, he's he's there this year and next year minimum. So yeah, I mean you get you get a top ten player at his position, a, a all pro, and then a starter quality player all from one draft. That's that's elite of elite drafting. Really is it really is man. Yeah, I have to agree. Twenty twenty is good. I, I was kind of looking it over just the last five draft class. You know, twenty sixteen we have Dak, Zeke, and Anthony Brown. Twenty seventeen not that great with Taco, Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, Noah Brown. But that's not disrespect to Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, or Noah Brown or Taco. But you know those guys are uh, are Pro Bowl Pro Bowlers or anything. But they're they're great like uh, players to have on your team. Kind of like not core players but role players. 2018, you have Leighton Vander Ash, Connor Williams, Michael Gallup, Dorrance Armstrong, and Dalton Schultz. I feel like that's an underrated draft class right there. That's a nice draft class. Uh, it, it's If Leighton Vander Ash stays healthy and plays like he has the last two years and, and how he did as a rookie all five years, then you're talking about that being a, a better draft class. It's because Leighton kind of fell off after his injuries, and that's your top pick. Same with the year before. If Taco Carlton mm-hmm. is is – is uh TJ Watt, you're having a different discussion because oh Cheeto's solid, Jordan yeah. Lewis solid. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, you know, you you go through a little bit more, but you know, your top pick didn't make the cut, so that's that's what kills you. 
I wouldn't label Leighton Vander Esch a bust, but you know what would you say is a fair label for that pick, Mike? Uh, a a poor pick. Poor, really? Wow. Looks like that Brady's going to get this ball back. As long as Julio Jones doesn't touch the ball, I'll be fine. (laughs) Fantasy implications, my friend. Obviously, need him. Has to be. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right, Mike. Your views from the sidelines this week. You were touch, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but what changes has Kellen Moore made to better utilize the receivers this season? Well, the the one thing that I wanted to point out they that Ceedee Lamb got moved in motion this game more than any other game mm-hmm. in, in his career, and yeah. uh, I don't know if 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 he just earned the trust of the front office to 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 be able to do his stuff, you know, but. Yeah. Last year, it felt like we started off with the motion and stuff, and then the the Joneses came out and said we don't really like the trick plays, and and he kind of like just stopped using motion and jet sweeps and stuff like that. And he's using that. Wow! Oh, he dropped it. I was about to update with a first down for for uh, New Orleans, but he dropped the ball. Um, so you know, jet sweeps are back in. Motion is back in. Like things that help the quarterback figure out a defense and mm-hmm. help dictate coverages and, yeah. and help uh, uh, set up, you know, different type of plays later on, like fake jet sweeps or stuff you have to look for on defense. Mm-hmm. He's been allowed to use that more and, uh, and it's showing since that came back number one offense in the league. So yeah, Kellen Moore's figuring shit out. He's, he's doing a good job. The next step is to get Turpin involved. Turpin needs to get involved now. Mike, do you remember what your word was uh, to describe what this year was going to be like pre- during the offseason? I don't. Do you? Developmental. Developmental. Well, they're developing really well, really fast. <laughs> dude, Kellen Moore, CD Lamb, Tyler Smith. Crazy, dude. Uh, uh, Clark, Bland, Clark. Dorrance Armstrong, Micah Parsons. I mean, they... They're legitimate. And now let's add to it. Kelvin Joseph, here you come. Israel McQuamu, here you come. Like, they're going to need you now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Curse has been on and off with injury. You know, he's likely to maybe miss a game or two. You know, that position. Malik Cooker, has he ever gone through a full season? Knock on wood. Like, so, <coughs> yeah, developmental. Man, I'm a genius. You know, I didn't really know what to expect from Kelvin Joseph this year when he considered the offseason stuff that he had to go through. And then there was discussion that he might even get cut. Of course, I don't, we don't know how much truth there was to that. But just the fact that he's playing special teams and doing well there, I mean, I think that's a successful season for him. Yeah, yeah. he He's definitely – okay. So doing enough on the practice, uh, on the practice uh, field to have Dallas – Believe in him enough to get the start on the outside with Brown out now to be the guy that they're that they're going to to make the special teams and become probably the third best special teams guy on the team behind Dorrance Armstrong and CJ Goodwin. It's impressive, man. Like, like it's not what you want out of your second round pick. But if you switch Bland, if you made Bland a second round pick and Joseph a fifth round pick, you wouldn't have an issue with either one of them, what they're doing right now. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Mike, here we are with one word. And this week, we're going to use one word to 
uh, describe Dallas having their starters in the game up 30 with four minutes to play was blank. Reckless. <laughs> Just there's no point. So, yeah. you know, get them out of there. You know, we don't need, they don't need the stats. They're the number one offense. They have the number one pass rush. Get them out. Uh, for me, Mike, it was careless. I don't know if you, uh, this, that's what is that word? Simpatico? I don't know. We've been kind of been on the, a little bit of a wavelength. We have a couple of weeks. <laughs> we have been. That's yeah. Careless, reckless. Yep. I mean, but it's it's the only word. There's no reason to have them out there. Yeah. No. Not at all. And then you know we we saw Anthony Anthony Brand go down, and they still were had guys out there. And then Tyler Smith was playing with the second unit. Where I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I have no idea. Killing me. I don't know if we, I, it, was, it was like, are we trying to to flex? Is McCarthy trying to make a statement against? against the Colts, like kind of put in the league on notice of, you know, this is who we are and what we, what we're going to do, but it was strange. Yeah. And, and unnecessary would have been another word. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Perfect word, actually. All right, Mike, here we are with top five. I'm not sure what inspired this category, but I, it, it, I, I got the inspiration last night when I was watching the game, I but a top it. five, you hate this. I hate this category. Cause I don't what? believe in it. I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I just don't, well go into the category and then I'll you know. So yeah, we're gonna we we know that Hollywood man, all they do is they take old stories, repackage them, put fresher faces in. It kind it kind of gets old, but at the same time, I feel like there's some stories out there that I wouldn't mind see, being seen remade. If I never see any of these movies that are on my list get remade, I won't be upset. But I thought it'd be interesting to see. Um, what top five movies you'd like to see remade, Mike? Especially, you know, your your movies because you're you're like a movie junkie. So, um, your list is really interesting to me. So, start us okay. off with number five. You're gonna hate my list because I almost did all like, well, what movies would I like to do live action remakes? You know, because I like those. Oh, okay. like, Aladdin was cool. I like Beauty and the Beast. Like, I was like, well, I like those. But to be honest with you, I don't. I don't like. If people think my list are gonna have Star Wars or Back to the Future. Those are oh my perfect. goodness. I, I don't want any of that. Like if yeah, you yeah. on there, there's this that's not happening. Like if movies perfect, I'll just show people the old one. That that's that's how I am, you know. So I kind of hated this, but I was like, okay, let me go through. It took me a long time on this list, and I was like, okay, I figured out five. The fifth one is a old okay, so. This is an old school Disney movie that almost got a PJ 13 rating back when Tim Burton uh, did it. Uh, it's funny because he was doing this movie. Um, and uh, I believe it was like around the time that uh, Nightmare Before Christmas was being done. And he didn't really direct Nightmare Before Christmas. He just like they put his name behind it, you know. And mm -hmm. so he, he's not even the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. He was doing this one. But I'd like to see Black Cauldron uh, live that? action remake. Uh, okay. What's that? I've never I've never heard of that movie. What is that? It's a Disney movie, but it's it's like a really like their first like really dark movie. Tim Burton did it, and it's back in the late '80s, I believe it was. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I just like to see it redone because I want to see. If they do it, would they do one that's PG-13? Because it almost got a PG-13 rating. Like, it's dark. For, for Disney, like, you're talking Snow White and, you know, Sleeping Beauty. 
And like Sleeping Beauty, like the spandelier, like imagine a move, a part where, you know, where she pricks her finger on the thing and it's like real dark. And imagine that like for a whole movie. Like, so I would love them to re live action remake that. If you haven't seen uh, Black Cauldron, now it's an old ass movie. It's an old animated movie. So remember, it's not going to like live up to 2020s. But if you watch it, it's pretty crazy, man. It's it's it was good for back then, especially. Yes, sir. Yeah, Mike, I had a hard time because one, there's movies that I don't want to see remade. And there's actually a movie on here that I don't necessarily want to get remade, but I think it'd be fun if it was just to see who would play the characters and everything. But, um, you know, finding movies that haven't already been remade. So it was kind of difficult for me. But number five, this is kind of a classic movie. I don't know if you've considered it a cult classic, but I just remember watching it a lot growing up as a kid. Trimmers. Okay. All right. Kevin Bacon. And I don't remember who else, but I just remember it being a fun movie, a cool movie, kind of scary, but not serious or anything. I just feel like you could you could do something with that if you wanted to make it dark or if you just kind of wanted to go with the same vibe that it had, but maybe make the Trimmers a little bit scarier or, you know. Do you know that, how It's kind of a fun movie. Do you know how many Trimmers, uh, uh, Trimmers uh, sequels there were? I think there's like four or five. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, it's first and goal, Bucks. I just looked right now. Are you kidding? Uh, down there about the four-yard line, 17 seconds left. Wow. It went from Saints are killing them, I said, literally on the podcast <laughs> five minutes ago. Two, they're going in to score with 19 seconds left. It's crazy. Man, this is this is what fantasy nightmares are made of, Mike. Because Julio yeah. Jones has 5.8 points. Sure. I'm currently up 139 to 1. I have 139.10. My opponent has 137.62. Hold on a flag. Hold on. Holding offense. Wow. Uh, a touchdown pass. Brady had a touchdown pass to Godwin, but a, a hold on uh, Smith. Love God, to see just... I know we're at an hour mark and we want to get out of here, but let me. Oh, he definitely. No, no, you're fine. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. That was a hold. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, let's, uh, you know, keep, keep us updated, sir, because this is fantasy implications, but I'm going to go with number four on my list. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. And again, if it didn't get remade, I would be totally fine. This is something I want to watch with my son. But again, I think it could be kind of fun if it were to be made. It's an excellent story. It's a classic movie. E.T. I'm okay with that one. Okay. I could, I yeah, E.T. could be remade. I'm all right with that. I won't yell at you for that one. That one's, it's a classic, but, but it, it can be remade because a lot of it is, I would like to see how they did it with the new stuff. I don't want them to do CG, do the puppets. With the yeah, new please. Puppets. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Mike, I know you're watching the game, but what's number four on your list? Number four on my list is a movie probably nobody that's listening to us has ever heard of. It's called Short Circuit. Have you heard of that movie? Heard of I'm pretty sure I watched that. That's what the robot that, like, uh, him and the little boy. Huh? Number five, Johnny Five. Johnny Five. Steve, Steve Gutenberg uh, creates these five robots. One of them gets hit by electricity, becomes alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically like they're trying to chase him down and everything. It's like, you know, uh, a fight 
that this robot is alive and not like, you know, uh, just a robot. It's, it's a good movie. Um, I don't know if it needs to be remade or not, but I was looking through and I was like, with the new stuff that they could do with robots and everything like that, you could do it. And, and, uh, you know, it's like a, a, he's learning stuff in the new age and you could do a lot about that, uh, in a remake that would be totally different because of how much stuff has changed since that movie was made in the friggin' eighties. There's the, hold on. I'm trying to see, cause I'm looking here at the movie poster and everything. There's not, this isn't the one with the little boy and everything, is it right? No, with Short family? has Ali Sheehy. Yeah, Steve yeah, okay. Cooper. I was thinking of another movie. Do you ever watch that show? It's on Netflix, um, Mystery Science Theater, where they like make fun of movies with the commentary and everything. They watch B-list movies. Brady just uh, threw a touchdown pass. Please don't say it the was name. You are running back. You're good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm fine then. The show's not ruined, Mike. It's crazy that five, ten minutes, literally ten minutes ago in the show, I was like, they're getting killed. And then they just went back-to-back, touchdown, touchdown, game over. They won. Yeah, that's... that's and that's, that's why... That's how fast it goes, dude. Tampa, that's why. When people ask me, well, they're not shit. They're, they're shitty. They only scored 17. I don't want... The game, they were dish, they were getting killed. And what happened? Brady got the ball, one penalty, score, get the ball back, drive down, touchdown. Like he found he found a way, man. Yeah, I do not want to see Tampa Bay. I hate it so much. That's fair. All right, Mike. No more, no more Monday night football talk. Talk to us about number four on your list. Oh no, you said short circuit. Excuse me, number three on your list. Okay, number three is going to be another movie that nobody watched because it didn't make any money, but I loved it. I read the I read the whole book series. The movie's called Odd Thomas. Um, okay. the, the books are by Dean Koontz. It's a series about a kid who could see ghosts, and so he helps uh, fight crime. And, um, man, it's so... The movie they made was so good. Like, they, they nailed the book perfectly it's it's a it's one movie i gave it a nine out of ten but the star of the movie the guy who played odd thomas anton yelchin died in a tragic accident and so they never got to do any more of them there's like seven books i think seven to ten books um i've read every one and the and man i love that movie so so much i I I was so worried when I heard that a movie was being made and then I watched it and they just nailed it. I mean, a hundred percent nailed the book. It was beautiful. And then the, the, the poor kid died. And, uh, and you know what he became after that movie, he kind of became a star and was in a bunch of stuff. So maybe he wouldn't have wanted to do any more of them, but the content is really good. And I felt like if they get the right people behind them, they could do three, four, five movies out of it. And so I'd like to see them redo the the odd Thomas. I'm looking here at the uh the posters. Is that William is William Defoe in them? Yes, he's the sheriff. Wow. Watch it. Okay. Hey, I can't, I can't, especially if you've never read the book, so you don't know what's gonna happen. I can't recommend a, a movie higher. Any they don't have him in it, but they like he in the books. He he talks to 
like different ghosts, like Elvis's ghost follows him around. And it's, it's crazy, man. But yeah, I, I highly recommend you watch that movie, read the books to hell. If you have time, read the books, books are even better, but that movie is watching. I'll remember that. All right, Mike, number three on my list. This is my all-time, all-time, all-time favorite Disney movie. I'm talking like Disney with the art, like the hand-drawn art and everything way back in the day. Probably a movie in the Disney vault. Sword in the Stone. And I think it'd be pretty cool if they did like live action where uh, they could make it even have, not necessarily make the entire movie dark because I don't really, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see with the story it being kind of dark, but That'd they be have Black some Cauldron. Black Cauldron. A dark version of Sword in the Stone. You could, you know, black. Oh, Cauldron. really? Oh, okay. Who would Are you, you, who would you Stone? have Merlin? Who would play Merlin? Yeah, live action. Who would be Merlin? Uh, why not uh, Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd, Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. I love it. I'm up That'd for it. pretty good, right? Yeah, I'm up for it. What are your thoughts on on the on the movie Sword in the Stone and just in general, though? Good movie. Uh, it's not one of my top Disney movies, but I, you know, I love it. It's a good Disney movie, but it's yeah, not in I'm, my, it's not in my top tops. Boy, I watched the mess out of that thing on VHS, dude. Yeah, dude. We we you know you ate some VHS. Well, not everybody, because some people aren't old enough to even know what VHS is. But if you are, there's some VHS movies you just ate the tape. You watched it so much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, number two on my list. I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. This is the classic. Again, another movie I loved growing up. This would definitely be a little bit darker. My first ever vampire movie that I ever saw, The Lost Boys. Mm. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with The Lost Boys being remade. It's Not been a fan of the original. No, no, I, I love the original, which is why I hesitated for a little bit. Like, I don't know if I want that, but it's not it's not classic enough for me or it's not adored enough by me to where I'm like, no, nah, I'll just watch the original. You know, I, I don't mind it because I'd like to see the cast they come up with. Exactly. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, that, that is a big part of it. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. I'm Mike, number two on your list. Uh, I'm on two. Uh, Disney's Robin Hood. Um, oh, this okay. is this is probably my favorite. Aladdin's my favorite Disney movie, but this one's like, like right there. They're both ten out of ten for me. I I think it's the most underrated Disney movie of all time. Um, and. I don't know how they do live action because it's made with animals and I'd want it to be the animals, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they could do something like avatar where it's like, you know, or jungle, uh, jungle book, you know? Yeah. Um, I would love to see that remade into a, uh, into a live action. The thing is the Robin hood story has been told so many times, so many ways. So I'd want them to do the Disney version, like not changes, None of that. The Prince John, the snake, the archery tournament. Like, don't make a whole new movie. Do that movie, just live action. And I would be very, very happy. Yeah. You know, Robin Hood, that's not one that I've watched too many times. But I look forward to watching, going through the Disney catalog with my son, for sure. Bro, made, made the fox made Marion. 
Hot, dude. I don't care. <laughs> hot. You better find a hot-ass girl to play. I, you know, you don't realize it till later on. You're like, Ugh, I had the hots for an animal. Like, that's not good. But when you're <laughs> younger, you're like, hot. Hot fox. She was a yes, fox. Sir. All right, Mike, number one on your list. Number one on my list is the one movie that I'm like, I heard about the remake and who wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, I'm in. And it is one that I never thought I'd want remade, but the movie's Clue. Oh, I almost had that on my list, dude. Almost. uh, So Jason Bateman and um, Ryan Reynolds are in talks. They both want to do it. Ryan Reynolds went to Jason Bateman about it, and they're talking about doing the remake. Ryan Reynolds has to get through. uh, uh, He got through the Scrooge remake, and now he has to get through the Deadpool movie. But that apparently is going to be one of his next ones after that. And if you haven't seen Clue, what is wrong? It all-time great comedy movie and a mystery. It's based off the game, the board game, with the different observatory, kitchen, dining room, and the different weapons. And it's a whodunit. And yeah. it has multiple endings, uh, which is really cool. And I they have to have that. They've got to do the three endings again. You know, the here's what could have happened. Here's what might have happened. Here's what did happen. Got to do that again. Um, I'm assuming Jason Bateman's got to be Tim Curry's character. No, I was going to say you have to have Tim Curry in it, dude. Come on. Well, see, Tim Curry could be in it, but I'm talking about being like the the main characters. Bateman's got to play the Tim Curry character. He's got to. Like, the way I do it is I would have Tim Curry be – uh, Mr. Body, you know, the one who dies early on. So you don't, or, or somebody like Colonel Mustard or somebody, uh, a little, not as like the main, like the main's going to be Ryan Reynolds and, and Jason Bateman. So you can't have Curry come back and be the main character, but if he could be like the, you know, would be great if he was the cop or the taxi cab driver. So it, you don't expect him to be in it. And then later in the movie, you're like, Oh shit, they brought in Tim Curry. That's yeah. awesome. You know, I think him being the cop would be great. I think that would be really cool. You know, you can give him some funny lines, you know, and and it would be I, I just that would be one that when I heard who was behind it, I was like, "All right, you sold me. I'm I'm in for that one." So hopefully that gets done. What was uh before I get to my number one, did you have any other honorable mentions? I'd like to mention one if you, if you don't. No, because I don't really want any of these movies to really be, I don't know. I hate the remake thing. I I love watching remakes, but I hate thinking about, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street was so bad. God, I'm like, don't don't do that. And then I get afraid that people are going to want to remake the original Star Wars or the Back to the Future movies. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, so, like, I find, like, the movies I made, Black Cauldron, hardly anybody watched. Short Circuit, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Odd Thomas, literally nobody watched. So, like, I picked out more movies that, that you know, that were, like, obscure movies that i like to get more credit to, you know. Uh, but overall, I don't, I don't, the movies that I love, I'll just rewatch the ones that were already made. So, my honorable mentions list is one is, I don't even know if I want to see this be remade, but I thought it would be kind of cool, is Bloodsport. 
You see, you're not. I'm. I'm like. You're not going to get me on that one because I'm Mister John Claude Van Damme. So I'm no, no, no. I love John Claude, and that's why I didn't add it on my list. Because it's like, if they did make a rewake, I, I remember the sequel they had. And I was like, okay, but you know, that's why I didn't add it on here because I was like, man, I think it would be cool, but at the same time, it's like the original. I mean, it's just a classic, dude. You shouldn't mess with the classic. And I know we're an hour and eleven minutes in, but word is Van Damme is writing an Expendables type movie where he is in a dream and the characters from his old movies like antagonize him. Like, you know, and it's like a, it's like his version of the expendables with him in it. And it would have Bolo young and it would have like people from double impact kickboxer, you know, his movies throughout. So that's uh, so you know, freaking I, cool, dude. I would love that, dude. I would. I, I'm. I still watch the B-rated John Claude Van Damme stuff. I. I. I'm a huge fan. Is my best friend Muhammad is like his biggest fan on the yeah. planet. So, yeah. I no no blood sport. Don't do it. Another one That's though, arachnophobia. Again, I didn't. I felt like they just do CGI with the spiders, and I appreciated the real spider, and I. I just liked how the. I can't explain. I, I liked how the spider was kind of like the the star of the show, but they didn't like overdo it with a million spiders. Like, yeah, I'm good with that people one. and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm good with that one. Yep, yeah. we can do that. Yeah, I thought that might be interesting. All right, enough chit chat, Mike. Number one on my list. Again, th this is another movie. If they never did a remake, I'd be totally fine. Again, this would be very uh, character driven, like who cast driven rather. But white men can't jump. I, I feel like that they could, they remake that with some good, a good cast, and that'd be that'd be a fun movie to watch again. Oh, man, I can't, I can't do no. it. I I literally watched that like three days ago. Really, I just, oh, I'm jealous. I I just I love. I did. I I mean, I just don't think you could. I don't think you, you can't recreate up. that magic. No, those two, and then, bro. Uh, uh, Rosie Perez, Mike. Yes. God. Uh, it was just, it was so good, and and a hook shot. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't see it without, especially without uh Billy Ho with the, with Woody Harrelson. Not, I just, I can't, man. I can't, I can't do it. Maybe. I'm, Tell me I'll the cat, because I, I said the same thing to Clue till I heard who was gonna be it. Mm -hmm. So. Tell me the guys and I hear it and I'm like, okay, then maybe. But my first initial thought is I just watched the original. Okay, so Billy Ho, I'm trying to I have I've been having a hard time figuring out who could play him, but I had somebody in mind. But I was thinking for Wesley Snipes character, forgive me for not remembering his name. But I was thinking Michael B. Jordan. He could do it. He could do I, and, I, he could and do I was thinking. For for Billy Ho, I don't know how you feel about this actor. I assume I, I feel like you might like him. We've never talked about it, but uh it's uh is it Miles Tanner from Top Gun, from Whiplash, from I like him. It just doesn't have the it doesn't you know, I mean, you know, th those they're popular names. They I think they've been in a couple of movies together, actually. I don't know. I've never seen them do anything funny. So yeah, Miles, well, Miles Teller had some funny stuff in in War Dogs, but the funny was more obviously. Uh, 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 oh my god! Name? No, no, uh, uh, War Dogs, a big guy in the set. Oh, uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Jonah Hill. Sorry, 
Okay, we ran it too long, man. You know we were under an hour when we started top five. It's always it's Monday Night Football's fault. Damn you, Tom yeah. Brady. Tom Brady ruined it. All right, Mike, since we're over an hour, before we get you out of here, remind the people where they, where they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. No blood sport. <laughs> oh, no.